0: And this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And we're going to continue our study in the book of Genesis, looking at chapters 15 and 16 together this morning. Um, So hopefully you guys have had a chance to continue to follow along or listen along through our book study of Genesis. And we've made our way to chapter 15 and 16 today, which is really looking at the covenant that God made with Abram. Um, And I think this is just a great reminder for us to, to wait upon the Lord. And I think the word that I would just take away from chapters 15 and 16 is just patience or wait um, because the Lord is working in all things. And I, and sometimes things seem insurmountable or things seem overwhelming in our own, um, in our own mind. Um, we're not able to comprehend or Uh, conceive the thought of what the Lord is doing, but He is working in all things, and He has a master plan, and He has chosen us to be part of that. Um, But what we're going to see today is really what happens in the mess that happens when we take things into our own hands. So um, in Genesis 15, we're going to spend most of our time this morning looking at this conversation that Abram has with with God, and I, I love the humanity that you see here in chapter 15, as Abram presses God with questions, and God continues, just as a loving father, to continue to reassure him of just telling him the plan, of just, I've, I've, I've got it under control, and this is what's gonna happen, and you're part of it, but just be patient, and, and I think, even as a father myself, it reminds me of the conversations that I have with my children, of just constantly being pressed with questions, You know, what, what now, what, how much, how much longer or when, what day is it, or when do we get to do this? All the questions you get pressed with from your children um, and how you constantly just have to write just to reassure them and to let them know everything's going to be, everything's going to be okay. Or you have three more days or two more days, whatever it may be. You see this really happen in this, in this conversation with Abram and God of question and answer question and answer. Um, But overall, just this, this plan of what the Lord is doing to ultimately um, m- multiply Abram's descendants um, and and stay faithful with this covenant that we're going to see happen in um, Genesis chapter 15. And this is what it says in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. I am your reward, and it shall be great. So you see this... Very first verse of a promise from the Lord. And he says, I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. I think it's often just human nature for us to be fearful in some way. Even though we may not be an anxious person, I think it's normal for us to just have anxiety about the future. Just because what's around the corner, it's uncertain. We don't understand it. And what you see here is God encouraging Abram. Of just I I am your shield. If you remember back in last week's study in chapter 14, we see Abram really on this returning from battle of just rescuing his nephew Lot in in war. So I'm sure there was some some anxiety. And I think ultimately you, you need to see and be reminded that the Lord, the Lord has your back. The Lord is the Lord was Abram's shield. So he reminds him of this. I am your shield. But then he continues to say, I am your reward, and it, your I am your reward shall be great. <clears throat> so you see Abram um, having this conversation with the Lord and his ultimate response when the Lord makes this statement that his reward shall be great. And he says, "Oh Lord, well, what will you give me? What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Elazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold... You have given me no offspring, and a member of my household shall be my heir. So, you know, in this in this conversation, in, in the Lord speaking to Abram, really he begins just to pour his heart out because the Lord says, your reward will be great. He says, well, what are you going to give me? Because I don't even have a child. And in the deep-rooted parts of his heart, you see this overflow of what was what was on his heart. What was on his mind of just the the desire to become a father and to see his, um, his line continue, um, to multiply. And he was, he was, um, heavy laden, like he was burdened by the fact that he wasn't a father. So I think it's easy for us to get, it's, it's easy for us just to get overwhelmed with, um, the weight in a sense of just life. Obstacles seem insurmountable and things that are in front of us just um keep us overwhelmed and keep us keep us distracted. And and you can see the questions that Abraham is is giving um giving back to the Lord of well what are you going to give me? I don't even have a son. How's this going to happen? And sometimes we can learn that just to sit tight and just to wait on what the Lord has for us in verse four says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and the number and number the stars, if you're able to number them. And then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So the Lord is able to reveal, reveal to Abram in this situation um, what he's going to do and what his plan is. You know, Abram was grieving about not even having one, not even a single son is where Abram's mind was. And the Lord took that and said, look to the heavens and try the number of the stars if you're able to. And I am going to bless you even beyond that. And I think, isn't that such a good reminder for us to remember of the Lord's plan of our for our life and what he has in store? Um, it is just... So refreshing to, to to be drawn back to Scripture and to see what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has done through people like Abraham of of something that seemed overwhelming to him. The Lord had such a greater and bigger plan. In verse number seven, he says, "And he said to him, 'I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you to this land to possess.' But he said." O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Right Again, another question. Verse 9, And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all of these. He cut them in half, and he laid each half over against the other. And he did not cut the birds in half. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. So you see Abram following through with what the Lord had called him to do. You see this um the beginning of this ritual and the beginning of this covenant um being being made with the instruction of what the Lord had said, right? He, he said, I want to do this for you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna multiply your descendants more numerous than the stars, and I'm going to commit it to you through making this covenant with you. So this is what I need you to do. This is your part, Abraham, to get things ready for this covenant and this ritual to happen. So he does it, but as he's as he gets these animals together um, to to prepare for this covenant, you see in verse 11, these birds of prey are coming down. And it says Abraham began to drive them away. And and I think it's important for us to remember too that the Lord is the Lord has a plan and, and he's choosing us to be part of this plan, but it doesn't mean that there's not going to be distractions come along the way there are going to be things um, that are going to kind of try to keep us from the plan that the Lord has in store. And I I can't help but think that that's what these birds of prey were doing. And I'm sure that there are a lot of different commentators that can, can talk about the significance of what these birds of prey were doing and, and kind of what they stood for. Um, But as I was, as I was studying, as I was reading, I think what stuck out to me the most was just the fact of these, these birds trying to come down, and take what the Lord had intended for good and to, to destroy it, to make it unclean and, and, and to disturb what and distract Abram from what the Lord was doing in him and what the Lord was doing through him. And we can't allow these distractions to to keep us that way. We have to be attentive. We have to be alert to what the Lord is calling us to do. We have to stay on task and stay focused because the Lord is doing something great. And we see that happen as this covenant. Continues in verse 12, and it says, As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell over Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. And then the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in the land that is not theirs and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. So remember, this is before Scripture was written, right? This is before we have the book of Exodus. You and I have have the privilege of, of having the word of the Lord. We have the privilege of the Bible and reading and knowing what happens and the progression of events and be able to see the promises of, of the Lord come come true. Um, but that's not the case here in Abram, with Abram. Um, he didn't have the books of, book of Exodus. He had the word of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and told him this, this right? But he says, your people, these these, these people that I'm going to, Give you that are more numerous than the stars; they're going to be sojourners in the land that is not theirs. Now you and I both know that is Egypt. They were servants in the land of Egypt for four hundred years. And verse fourteen goes on; it says, "But I will bring them judgment." We also know from reading the Book of Exodus that that's the ten plagues. So the Lord brought judgment upon the land of Egypt because this is where His chosen people were; these descendants. So it says he will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and after they will come out with great possessions, which, again, we know happened with the Exodus. So as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So he gives them this picture of what's going to happen, but he just says... It's going to take time. You know, they're going to be there for 400 years. And even before that, right now, the, the Amorites' guilt is not yet complete, right? They're iniquities. There's still things that have to happen before um, your descendants are going to become as numerous as the stars. But he says, I, this is the plan that I have, Abram. You're, you're going to die at an old age and you're going to be buried. But this is the plan that I'm doing. This is the plan that I'm working I need you just to trust me. I need you just to wait because I'm going to fulfill this covenant. And then we see the covenant actually happen in verses 17 through 21. And it says when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between those these pieces. And on the day the Lord made the covenant with Abram saying, to your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river of Euphrates. And then um, continues to, to, to the lay out kind of landmarks of, of different um, different groups of people in this land. So you see this promise that has been made, and the timing that's going that it's going to have to happen in order for it to be fulfilled. But yet you see what we're going to read now in, in chapter 16 is really when Abraham and Sarah begin to take things into their own, their own hand. You see um, what we can learn from this passage is uh, it's, it's just so tangible in the fact of us um, growing impatient as followers of Christ. It's us wanting to um, take timing into our own hands and not trust the Lord and this is what you see in these first three verses listen to this in 16:1 now sarah abram's wife had borne him no children she had a female egyptian servant whose name was hagar and sarah said to abram behold now the lord has prevented me from bearing children go into my servant it may be that i shall obtain children by her and abram listened to the voice of sarah so after Abram lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. So that's a mouthful, right? But ultimately what you see happening in verse 3 is Sarah giving her servant, Hagar, to her husband, Abram, as a as a wife, which was a custom during this day. Which is really, you know, it's hard for us to wrap our brain around. It's hard for us to explain, um, even to our, our children, what what is what does this mean? How is this? <clears throat> how is this okay? Um, and really, what is the significance of it? But in the, it was a custom. It was culturally acceptable during the season that if a um, if a wife was barren, that her servant could be given to the husband to continue the family line. So. You see this take place, but what I want to draw out is the latter part of verse 2. It says, Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. He listened to the voice of his wife instead of listening to the voice of God. Because God had a plan. And don't, don't hear me say that you're not supposed to listen to your wife. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying he, he, he began... Um, to listen to her, they began as a couple, right? Because you're going to see Abram move forward with this plan to take it into their own hands instead of trusting the Lord in the weight. So it says this. So Abram, um, verse 4, And he, Abram, went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she took contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done, done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace and when and when she saw that she had conceived she looked at me with contempt may the lord judge between you and me but abram said to sarah behold your servant is in your power do to her as you please and then sarah dealt harshly with her and f- she fled from her so so you can see that the plan happened um that she ultimately became pregnant and then um, Sarah dealt harshly with her and she, she fled and she ran away. And we see in this next part that the angel of the Lord came to Sarah um, and, and began to speak. And this is what I want to look down to at the description of the child that she's going to be conceiving. And this is what verse 11 says. The angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all kinsmen. So you see this description man. Those are not words you want to hear, right, when you're talking about your, your child, when you're talking about your your firstborn of the description. He's going to be a wild donkey of a man and his hand's going to be against everyone and everyone against him. You see this this warning of what battle really kind of lies ahead. So 15 15 and 16 kind of wrap up this chapter and it says she bore, bore Abram a son and his name was Ishmael and Abram was 86 years old when he was born. So you see Abraham and Sarah Taking things into their own hands and really making a mess of it, we have to trust the Lord and His timing in all things. Abram and Sarah, and, and you know, it's it's really easy to read this and say, "Oh, they made a poor decision, or they've you know made a made a bad choice." Um, but guys, keep in mind they were they were up in years, they were older, eighty six. They were eighty six years old. They were still childless. And they began just to take things in their own hand, as was acceptable within their culture, and just began to follow that path. But I think when they followed that path of of cultural acceptance, what they displayed was their lack of faith in God to fulfill His promise. And I think we we can easily do that as well. We can we can um, we can display a lack of trust, a lack of faith in God because we grow impatient when all. Abraham had, had this conversation with God. He knew exactly what was going to happen, but he just had to sit tight. And he had to wait for the Lord's plan to come true. <clears throat> um, but he, but he moved forward independently. And we can't, we can't try to make God's promises come true within our own efforts. Now, that's not to say that we sit back and we don't do anything, right? We work diligently, we work faithfully to what the Lord has called us to do, but we don't um we don't try to take things into our own hands and and trump the Lord's plans with our plans. So here we are 10 years in, Abraham and Sarah grew impatient. Let's do this our own and then enter Hagar and then born a son named Ishmael and everything kind of goes, goes awry, right? And we're going to continue reading the book of Genesis and we're going to see God's promised son come, um, be born and, and, and happen. But, you know, you can trace back even to what we just read with the description of Ishmael in chapter 16, verses 12, 11 and 12. It is true to this day. It says Ishmael will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and his hand against them and theirs against his. You can trace this back to really the Middle Eastern culture now. We're descendants of Ishmael. And there's constant civil war, right? There's constant fighting. And it is, um, you know, there will be other countries try to intervene. And as soon as other countries step out, the, the war continues to, to rage um, within, within their own country's borders. And you see this over and over again within, within different Middle Eastern countries of these, these, this fighting. Um, so let's, let's remember that we can see this biblical prophecy coming true um, from Genesis to today. Um, it is exactly what what happened and what the angel of the Lord even spoke to Hagar um, when she was expecting Ishmael. So let's, let's remember as we look at this passage to stay focused, to stay on track, to do what the Lord has called us to do and to stay faithful. Because when we try to take things into our own hand, we make a mess of it. And we can learn from Abram, Abraham and Sarah in this passage that when, when we do it, um, we're going to make a mess of stuff. So let's stay faithful to what the Lord has called us to do. And we're going to continue this this study in chapters um, 17 and 18 next week. And we're going to see it progress, the Lord's plan progress. So let's let's stay tuned and continue the study together and see the Lord's plan work. But I would just say as we wrap up today's study, let's just remember to be patient on what the Lord has called us to do. Let's be grateful and thankful that He's chosen us to be part of His plan. But let's not try to take the plan into our own hands and make his plan our plan. Let's um, let him work in his timing when he is um, teaching us and growing us and shaping us into who he wants us to become. So as we wrap up our time today, we're going to spend some time in prayer. Um, this week, we're actually going to be praying for our counseling team. And you know I, I have been really excited and encouraged just to see the number of counselors that we now have on staff. Um, to know that we're continuing to grow, that we have counselors in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa and Huntsville and Georgia and North Carolina, um, counselors all across across these states. So just grateful for our growing team and grateful for how they're investing in so many families. And we just want to pray for those, um, those counselors that we have today that are on our team as they uh, minister to uh, so many families and so many um, children just across the nation. So um, let's, let's close at our time today in prayer. Father, we are so thankful for today. We're thankful for our counseling team and what you're doing in and through each and every one of them. God, to know that you continue to draw people to our staff um, that have a passion to help hurting families and children. So God, we're grateful for this team that you've created. Um, we're grateful for the support that they have for one another and Lord, just the deep love and passion they have to serve Hurting families and hurting children, God, we pray that you give them wisdom as they have conversations and as they counsel um, through a um, biblical perspective. Lord, may the gospel be at the forefront of their tongues as they um, as they speak, and Lord, may it be evident that we we know and 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 trust that the gospel is the answer. That it is you who can truly heal and truly hope, bring hope to them. So, God, we pray that that is evident. Lord, we pray for um, these these children who have experienced deep trauma. Um, God, we pray that they find um, the brave, braveness in their heart just to share um, that with our counseling team and their counseling team, be able to connect with them and point them back to your um, love and your guidance as they seek that healing. Um, God, we pray for parents who are caring for kids that have come from adoption or foster care. Um, Lord, may, may they, Um, seek out training opportunities. God, may you give them encouragement that they need. May our staff even be able to help these families as they deal with children who have some mental health needs. Um, Give them creative solutions, Father, um, to be able to parent them well. And God, may their local church just wrap around them and support them during the season. So God, we're we're thankful for what you're doing through counseling and how you've you've grown our team. God, we're thankful for um, the support of Um, our staff and the support of um, even our local communities just to support these families and support these these counselors and that again we're just thankful for the growth and we pray for continued growth and support as we expand our counseling services across the nation. We ask these things in your name. Amen.